Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Vin Baker to my Glenn Big Dog Robinson. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? Those are some great bucks, man. I man. Love, love, my, love me some Big Dog Robinson. That was a good big draft, th- man. Like, I mean, I know, I know Big Dog wasn't, you know, Grant Hill, Jason Kidd level, but that was a good draft. I liked Big Dog. He's got to be one of the more. I'm with you. I always liked Big Doug, but he's got to be one of the more frustrating players in NBA history when you look at in terms of the potential that he had versus what he ultimately became. Like he was a really good player who made the All Star team like three times or something, and and you coming in really I think expected like this dude is going to be the best player in the league at some point, and that just never never quite came to uh, came to fruition, but. Yeah. The last player though, the last rookie, I think ever to get a uh to get a big contract coming in. The, the next year was the introduction of the rookie scale. I think you're right. Thing, yeah. Uh because of him because I don't remember what that deal was. I'm going to look it up as we as we signed, but it was a really huge contract number and there was like a slight holdout maybe, something like that. Man, two-time All-Star. Gosh, that's yeah, that's a little bit. That's a little bit disappointing, given. Oh given yeah, what here it is. Ten, ten years, sixty-eight million. Jeez, in ninety-four. Yeah, ninety-four. That's. Wild. It was rumored that he wanted a thirteen-year, hundred million, and he had a contract <laughs> holdout. That's like a hockey contract. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, dude. Uh, yeah, over the. But you know what's what's crazy? He got that deal. He only made eighty million over the course of his only quote unquote. Uh, only made eighty million dollars over the course of his his uh, his whole career. So yeah, and his whole career was only eleven years. So, <laughs> yeah, why? One of these days when we have an actual off season, I I want to do some kind of. I've thought about writing something about this, but I don't know. Maybe it'd be better as a as a podcast. I want to do some kind of this kind of guy. I want to talk about. It's easy to talk about bus, right? Like it's easy mm-hmm. to talk about Michael Olawakandi and. Uh, Hashim Thabit and these kinds of guys, but it, it'd be, it's it's almost more interesting to talk about the what I would call the Tim Thomas All Stars, like the guys who had good long NBA careers but were so so frustrating and so underachieved yeah, given when, their their t- potential. Well, especially because when you're a role player and mm-hmm. you were yeah. in and you were the reason why we have rookie contracts, you know, like yeah. that's that's a little bit different different monster, but. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. the buck that we're talking about today is probably not in that same category. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's safe to say he's that that uh, that Giannis is has eclipsed Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Uh, that's what we're talking about right off the start. Off the start. So uh, good segue there, man. You're a professional radio <laughs> man. Um, so yesterday afternoon, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening, late in the night on Wednesday on a cold December day. Uh, but yesterday afternoon, I was at lunch with my work team. And I immediately stopped paying attention to anything that they were saying. Not that I was paying that much attention anyway. And uh, jumped directly into my phone because the news broke that Giannis Antetokounmpo had signed the extension that has been sitting on the table for seems like 17 years, but really is only a couple of weeks. Has signed the the Supermax extension with the Milwaukee Bucks, which will pay him uh, $228 million over five years, the fifth year being a player option. Tobin, initial reactions, and then I want to talk about what this actually means for the team um, over the course of the next, uh, uh, really, six years. So, But initial thoughts on, on the Giannis Supermax. Uh, my initial thoughts are, I think it's great, fantastic. I'm really happy for Milwaukee um, fans. Um, I think that that, I, I mean, I think I've said on the air and I've said it off the air a lot too. Like I was really nervous and bummed out for them this year. If he wouldn't have signed the extension by the deadline, I think it would have been very detrimental for the whole team this year. Uh, so I think that's, I think that's good in the sense that now they can just focus on basketball. Um, I think it's great that a small market team, you know, was able to keep a guy who by all accounts is going to be one of the top three to five basketball players for the next 10 years, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that bodes well for, you know, the other teams in the league that are small market teams. It bodes well for teams like us that have a superstar that's going to be going through this in a couple of years. 
Um, we're not necessarily a small market team because we're like we're like what the fourth, fifth highest market in the league, mm-hmm. but we still have the small market mentality in, in regards to free agents sometimes. So um, I think that's good for us. Um, I mean, good for and good for Giannis. I mean, like by all accounts, mm-hmm. Giannis is a great dude and does great things with his money. He doesn't just you know put it in bad places. He he he's a he's a perennial like donator to charity mm-hmm. and. Um, and just I, I I don't know I just I think this is a win win for really everyone except for I mean like us and the mm-hmm. Rapt- yeah. Raptors and the Heat and even us I'm like whatever like it'd yeah. be it'd be different if like he didn't sign and then next this time next year he was like all right I'm going to Miami I think that would hurt a right. lot more oh hundred percent yeah than yeah. what he's doing now because at least now he's still gonna build with his team and. It's going to be, you know, and, and it's, and it, I think he's, he's gained a lot of, uh, cool points and he's gained a lot of empathy in the, fe- in the sense of he really has a, an out card for everything now, I think, in which I'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to touch on later because we talked about this off the year sure. as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about it from a basketball standpoint. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with you, man. I obviously, I want Giannis on my team, you know, we're, and we're, and we're a Mavs fan. So, uh, I, I would love to have Giannis here. If I was not a Mavs fan, if I was a, a Thunder fan or, uh, a, a, obviously if I was a team like the Lakers or Clippers, the a team that can't team, get him next yeah, offseason. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But if I, yeah, you're totally right. If I was the magic, if I was a magic fan, if I was a, a, a Thunder fan, if I was a bull, whatever, I would be thrilled right now that he signed it. I think it's so good for for the NBA. Now, look, I I don't I want to be I want to be slightly cautious in terms of extrapolating this out to the wider pool of NBA players, um, because I think Giannis is a different dude than uh, than some than somebody like Anthony Davis mm-hmm. or uh, Kawhi or um, trying to think of like the next team of, of Zion. I, I just I think he's a different guy, and yeah, big part of that is the Euro thing. Um, and I think he just has a he's a he's a unique player in the league, and so I think maybe the basketball intelligentsia at large is is maybe going slightly overboard on this is what, oh, this is going to be the trend moving forward for superstar players. I don't necessarily know that you can draw that conclusion from Giannis because I think he's kind of an outlier. Yeah, Um, totally agree. And also, like, there's a reason why guys like Dirk and KP, or not not Dirk, but there's a reason like guys like KP and Giannis are doing things like this because they, they are idolizing guys like Dirk who did this his whole career. Right. You know, now Dirk never signed a Supermax and he never, and he actually took discounts, which is very out of the ordinary for a guy of his perennial, you know, uh, whatever. But I just, it's going to be, you're right. He's a different kind of superstar. And he, like I said, he, that's why I think we all like him so much because he's not the kind of guy that's just going to chase a, you know, a dollar bill somewhere. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. handicap a team, you know, in the long run, whenever he's, you know, older and not at the plate as well. Sure. No, I, I totally agree. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. You, you're spot on there. I just, it, it's, I hope that this is the trend move. It is not good for the league to have, it's not good for the league at large to have, I mean, this is not a unique thought at all. So I, and maybe it's not even worth saying. It. It's not good for the league to have Anthony Davis force his way out of new Orleans. It's not good for the league for Giannis to force his way out of Milwaukee. It's not good for James Harden to force his way out of Houston. Houston's like the fourth biggest media market in the, in the U S and to, you know, to have that. And I, I know that there are, there are different reasons and levels and blah, 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 all this sort of stuff, but it is good for the league to have some guys that follow the Dirk method, the Tim Duncan method, the Kobe Bryant method and stay with one team. Oh yeah. Tim Duncan is another throughout. good example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I, I hope I love for that to be more of a turn. That would be fantastic. But I, I, I don't know that it, that it, that it will be. We're just going to have to see. But, and but you I, know what? But maybe trends not the right word. Maybe it's a like they're still going to you're still going to have your ads and your hardens and your lebrons that that bounce for different mm-hmm. reasons. But if you do have guys like Luca or I mean, I'm, I'm picking that straws here. But if like, let's say in a, in a few years, 
uh, Ja Morant. If you have guys that are like, no, sure. like I started here and I want to keep building here, I want to do what Giannis is doing. It's, mm-hmm. It sets the example for even if it's just for a portion of future superstars, it, it's it's good, you know. And so that's that's why mm-hmm. this I think this is a good sure. good move for everybody. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, and I and I think it does. It's really good for him. I, and I. This is the I want to, and I'm sorry. I, I know I'm, I'm, we're going long here. I do want to get into what this actually means, um, and in terms of how many years we think this buys Milwaukee, because I do think that is a that's an important part of this conversation. But um, I'm not super surprised. Obviously, that, that he stayed there, not just because of the money, but the, I I have I I believe the vibe that that's that this is who Giannis is. That he is more of the. Uh, that he's more of the Dirk, Damian Lillard type than the LeBron, Anthony Davis type of this is the team that brought me here. Um, I, I, I don't want to just keep harping on on Dirk because I, I, I you know I know I'm I'm well aware of of sounding like uh, like knockoff Bill Simmons, but for the Mavs. But I do think there are some actual <coughs> corollaries between him and Dirk in terms of the way that they came over and what they have built with the team and the way that those, that the teams have built them up and supported them and, and developed them and all this sort of stuff. And so I think there are some, I think there are some real similarities between the two of them. Um, and I think you can become, this is a big day for Milwaukee and for the, for, for Bucks fans. Um, and it, it, it paves the way or at least lights the road towards, a Dirk-like reception um, for the rest of your career if you want to go that route. Like, mm-hmm. we got lucky in some ways that Dirk, that the Mavs won the title and the Dirk was obviously, you know, the guy on that team um, because it for sure kept him here in his twilight over the last, like, eight, nine years of his career. Mm-hmm. for sure made that stay, made him stay here and, and do that sort of thing. But even if, if Dirk would have never, if the Mavs had never won their title... His legacy would be different nationwide or, or league-wide or whatever. It wouldn't be all that significantly different here. I think Dirk would be a beloved figure in the Dallas Forward Metroplex no ma- and with Mavs fans no matter what mm-hmm. um, because he stayed, because he did all these things, because he was you know just excelled and was great for so many years. And so I think Giannis has given himself the opportunity to be in a similar class of like, even if it doesn't quite ever work out to where he is, the guy, you'll always have detractors. You'll always have guys that are saying, yeah, we didn't win because this guy couldn't, couldn't carry us there or whatever, as there were plenty of those guys, those, those voices around here. But they, those, those voices fade over time um, if you stay in the same spot, if you build yeah. a 20-year career in, in one, one gym. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a, I don't know. We just don't, we're, we're not seeing a lot of that anymore, and that's okay. Player empowerment and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I just, I just love, I love Giannis. Giannis is one of my I don't know, five favorite players in the league. I love watching him play basketball. I love his story. I love what he brings to the table every night. I love how hard he competes. I think it's all great stuff. Um, and I hope that it works out for, for him there and that they are able to uh, win a title at some point. Obviously not at the expense of our own title hopes, but, mm-hmm. but just from a basketball fan standpoint, I think it's a great thing that, that he signed there. And I hope that that allows them to build uh, for the next five-plus years rather than feeling so much pressure that they have to get something done now that which usually leads to to bad trades and and stupid decisions but the big maybe then 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 the the question is and i i pose this to you we talked about it a little bit off the air but i want to i want to bring it here and and see what you have to say so this is a five-year extension as i said the fifth year is is a player option he already had a year under his contract so he is under contract for five years plus the option essentially how many years do you think this buys Milwaukee? What what do you think the what do you think the next three four five years look like for for the Bucks for Giannis for their their partnership et cetera et cetera? I think that first and foremost, I want to commend him for actually signing a four to five year deal, like because yeah. like there's a lot of trends right now of just signing the two to three to give themselves an out. And mm-hmm. so, like to me, that's even more of a sign that he's giving the Bucks the faith that they that they're going to get it right. Um, 
I think that there's people like I, I, and you said this off the air, like you're thinking maybe two to three years. I really do think that's gonna it's gonna buy him the link the bucks the length of the contract. I really I don't think he's gonna be that guy that tries to push his way out. But here's what I do think. I do think this buys Bud and Holzer one to maybe two years to get this right. Like mm-hmm. he has to like I think yeah. he has to make a finals appearance this year or else a lot of people are going to be like, okay, now that Giannis is locked up and he's got Drew Holiday, there's no more excuse. Now let's go get a coach that can win us a title. And, and I, I, so I think that that's, that's where I'm going to take it is that Buttonholzer is probably on his hot seat this year of if, if he doesn't show something else in the playoffs, he's probably gone. And then they're going to, cause then they're going to have the next four years to figure out what to do with Giannis and Drew Holiday. Um, I think at the worst, this gives them three years, like, Mm-hmm. three, three okay. years. And then Giannis can say, Hey, let me out, you know, year four. But I, I just don't see mm-hmm. that happening either. Cause like, cause like, at that point he could wait one more year and then just not take his player option, you know, and, and go out and be off after four years. So I just, I just don't see him bell bailing, I, I guess, unless something catastrophic happens. I just don't see it happening. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I tend to agree. I, I said this in Mad About Movies Discord. I don't think I said it in our little our little group chat that we have going with, with some, some buddies and listeners and whatnot. Um, I think at the very least, it buys them a coaching change. And uh, I, I, I don't know if that happens in the 2021 offseason or the 2020. This is assuming that they don't win a title, which maybe is foolish. I mean, they're they're... Uh, they were picked to be the best team record-wise in the regular season. Now, obviously, regular season is not the problem with with the Bucks. So we'll see how that translates. And I just don't think we can answer any of that right now, right? Like it just we're just gonna have to see um, how things translate over over the course of the season and in, in, into the playoffs. But if they come out and they underachieve in the playoffs again, then this extension, if nothing else, then it's bought you. All right, we're moving on from Bud. We're bringing in whoever, uh, whatever, Jeff Van Gundy, mm-hmm. just a name. You know, We're bringing in Becky Hammond, whoever, uh, to be the coach of this team. And now you're getting another year or maybe two before you really, really, really are up against the wall with, with that. It's why I, I know I've said this many times, and, you, and we're on the same team on this. It's why I, I still think it's so foolish that the Sixers didn't fire – Brett Brown after the the Kawhi series after the the 2019 series because I just think they wasted last year um, moving towards their inevitable coaching change at that point. Um, I th- if if the Bucks struggle in the playoffs again this year, then Bud has to go. Right? Like, mm-hmm. Are we on the same page on this? Oh yeah, I think short of a finals appearance, he probably has to go. Okay. Like, and that's, I would that say might, conference finals. Yeah. I, I, but, but you know, that's, it doesn't really matter. That's semantics in some ways because there's just so many things that can come up between now and then. Even if, if they lose in the second round, it's like, Hey, you just got beat by a better team. I don't know what that ends up being, but maybe, but I, I, I think neither of us are big fire the coach guys, but I, I, I think if they don't, if they're not a, a conference finals team this year and competing, really competing for that finals berth, not like what happened with Toronto where they, you know, were up 2-0 and then just got destroyed in the next four games. Then the obvious problem is Bud because it's not going to be super easy to turn around, right, and and bring in six new guys that are yeah. you can surround Giannis with. It's you're you're going to have to find ways to do that and one I the, because the yeah, is Giannis is now game. taking up a huge chunk of your payroll along yeah. with Drew Holiday. Uh-huh. And oh by the way, you just traded all your draft picks too. So all of your draft picks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's the thing is like that's that's why I really do think that it really is finals or bust because they have to have an answer and the answer is not mm-hmm. going to come through the draft and probably not free agency either. So Mhm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, look, it, the other thing I would say on that is this. If we get to the place, if Milwaukee doesn't win a title this year, they don't win a title the next year, and then um, at that point Giannis says, I've had enough and I, I want out, do you you put him in a different category than, than Anthony Davis or, or James, what we're dealing with with James Harden right now or – I guess, you know, pick a superstar that has that has, you know, forced his way out or demanded a trade or whatever is that's 
Because I kind of do, and I'm not sure if I'm letting my Giannis bias just the fact that I I really like the guy. I, I, maybe I'm I'm letting that that cloud my judgment. But I I think I would look at that as this is a dude who who stayed and has done everything that he can in this city, and the and the team failed him um, in in putting the right team around him. I don't know where where do you stand on this? I think he's definitely not on the James Harden level. Because here's the thing, I think he, I think he's cl- that's closer to AD than we probably want to admit. Because like when AD demanded the trade, I, I remember having a conversation with you. We were both like, "Well, yeah, they've done nothing, and he's been there, and he single handedly won a playoff series for them, and they still suck, you know." And then like not even like a week later, he came out and started showing what we all now know was a horrible like you know attitude and buffoonery and wearing shirts and not coming to practices and you know I I don't think Giannis will do all that stuff but I do think I do think there will be some of a you know well you know we we can't blame him but I also think that it depends on how he reacts in the media and stuff like that too so hopefully the person that we think he is will come out and he'll just be he'll he'll still play hard and do what he needs to do until he gets the trade but you know, because I, I like I said, like I know for a fact that we were we actually were on AD's side for the first part of that, and then it and then it blew up on the other way. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I just you're you're totally right. I think it's the way that Anthony Davis handled that more than the the forcing his way out. And I think too, uh, maybe this is I think this is fair, but maybe it's not. I I I, I don't know. Um, Anthony Davis wasn't getting his team to a top two or three seed every year. True, you know? that's true. And and that I think is part of the deal for me. Like there was a point at which if Dirk would have said, you know what, I want out, I, I would have said, yeah, I totally get it because Cuban himself has admitted we failed to build around around Dirk properly several times. Several yeah. times we we botched the way that that we uh, that we that we tried to build around him and. He was perpetually getting the Mavs into a a top four or five seed. If you know, if Gian- Giannis, if if the Bucks every year are are the the one or the two seed and they can't figure out a way to get to or or ultimately win the finals, then I, I mean, there are things that we'll be able to say about Giannis as far as like his play and his skill set and all this sort of stuff. But we'll also have to say, the Bucks failed to build around. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most unique talent in the NBA. Yeah. I think if they're not able to do this, so yeah. Um, look, my my hope is that that uh, regardless of outcome, because I think as long as you have Giannis, you are going to be a top whatever three seed in in, in the East. Um, as long as he is at the peak of his power, which is not going to stop at any point. Obviously, barring injuries and stuff like mm-hmm. that, he's not going to slow down at any point in this in this uh, 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 contract. And so I hope that he, I hope that he stays there for his entire career. I hope he does the Tim Duncan, Dirk, uh, Kobe thing or whatever, and, and stays there forever because I think it's just, it's such a cool pairing him in the city. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just would, I would love to see him stay there regardless of whether he wins a title, two titles, seven titles, no titles, whatever. Um, so, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. And by the way, with this contract, he is now just short of Russell Westbrook for being the sixth highest paid player of all time in the NBA history. He'll be at about $335 million made in his NBA money, not obviously not counting Nike money and whatever else he's got going. At that point, when, he, when this contract ends, I think he will be in his age 31 season, and he should be assuming that, that contracts are the same and whatnot. He should be in line to sign <laughs> an extension that will pay him somewhere between three hundred and three hundred and fifty million dollars on top of that already earned three hundred and thirty five million dollars, which would blow LeBron James's record of forty four hundred and thirty million dollars out of the water. So good for him. A kid who was selling sunglasses on the streets, uh, who is now about to make a half a billion dollars over the course of his career and is by all accounts, a great dude. Super, super pumped yeah, for unreal for, uh, for Giannis, and and I think this is a big win too. You said it, but I'll just reiterate: big win for honestly, it's a big win for every other team 
that was looking to get into the Giannis sweepstakes. Obviously, if you're the Mavs, the Heat, the Raptors, the Knicks, whoever, the Warriors, the Lakers, you would much rather have Giannis than not have Giannis, but it is much better for Giannis to just stay in Milwaukee and sign this thing now than it would be to go to one of your competitors or even just to sign the extension in the off season and mm-hmm. instead to do it now is a, is a good thing. So yeah, you're, you're free of that, right? Like that burden is, is lifted. Totally. A team that is not unburdened is the Houston Rockets. James Harden finally showed up. Tobin didn't look, didn't look great. <laughs> where are we on? Well, we dunked on Harden and not and true, man. Cause last like, week, like we, I, s- I sent you that video of the practice <laughs> the day before. And I said, Dude, he looks in shape and he looks skinny. And, and man, whoever needs some like I don't know if it's Photoshop or or just video angles or whatever that from the Rockets needs to be hired somewhere else because he did a fantastic job making him look fit and skinny in his video. Because when he showed up for the game, oh man, like I mean the the tweets were everywhere, the jokes were everywhere. Like he got called Thick Ross. Like I think Thick Ross was tw- was trending on Twitter in. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, like the Harden's game, he doesn't need to be like super fit and and Mm. buffed out and everything. He's still, he can still drop 40 points and be, you know, 280 pounds probably. Um, But it doesn't bode well for the situation considering he's Mm -hmm. been partying and not following COVID protocols and probably not working out like he should be. And, And it seems like the team and the media has officially turned on him because there's been a report that came out today that said that, you know, former Rockets coaches and personnel are basically saying that he got whatever he wants. If he wanted a day off, he got a, the team got a day off, you know, on long breaks, he would fly to Vegas and fly back and, you know, whatever, like he's being compared to Rodman all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Tim McMahon today went <laughs> after him in the press conference and I, you know, I just, it's, it's it's a weird time. Like it it it's. I think it's. This is really bad. If you're a Rockets fan, you already are having problems, but you're having even more problems now because this. I think this is really really bad for the NBA and for the Rockets for James Harden for all this stuff. Yeah, not good. Not a good look. Uh, I I've had a love hate relationship at times with Tim McMahon, but I loved his questioning on, on, I, I, I just think we're going to talk about another for briefly, very briefly. We're going to talk about another player that has a cantankerous relationship with the media in just a second, but I do not want to return. I'm not, I don't have, I don't have good old days syndrome on this stuff. I do not want to a return to a time where it was, not just commonplace, but encouraged for the media to attack players and and uh, do the... I just think it opens up a lot of toxic doors that we have gotten better about over, over the years, I, I think. We've sort of sent that kind of commentary off to um, uh, a dark corner of Twitter and Reddit and whatnot, and I, I think it's better served there than it is to have the media uh, doing that stuff in in the newspaper or, or whatever the newspaper is today. But I do, I do like when uh, a media member just calls it like it is. I, I, we should not be excusing James Harden's behavior on this stuff. It's, it's gross. It's gross. It's not okay to be, uh, to be, to be the kind of garbage teammate that he has been and to, to, to flaunt the, you and I have suffered very, very little over the course of the last nine months with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have, we're, I don't know if we're in the top 1% because we, we have not, um, we have not profited billions of dollars off of this the way the top 1% has, but we're in like the 2%, you know, we, mm-hmm. we have, this has not been the worst for us in many, many ways um, as it has for others. We have our, you know, our families are healthy, our jobs have stayed secured. Um, we are in a, we're in a pretty decent place. Personally, we are all sacrificing (laughs) for what is going on right now. We are all dealing with consequences of a pandemic. Um, and I'm not a big, I'm not a big proponent of like, oh, you had, you got together with your family over Thanksgiving. Oh, you are the worst kind of person. I, I, whatever. 
whatever. I think people are trying to do their best. I don't want to see. I don't want to see people who are in the public eye, like James Harden is, whether he likes it or not, out flaunting the rules and just completely not caring about whatever is happening. Um, you're in such a privileged position to have access to daily COVID testing, to have the millions and millions of dollars that you have to be able to um, provide a safe, secure environment for yourself and for your family and your friends and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to see... I'm out here at, at strip clubs in Vegas and all this kind of, it's just a, it's a, I don't know. It really, it really does not sit well with me. Yeah. And just have the wherewithal to like, you know, like, listen, let's put this in a layman's terms of a, of a middle-class people like we are like Mm -hmm. barely, (laughs) yeah, barely, (laughs) but like, Hey, I can't sit in this house again tonight. I need to go to a restaurant because I have got to have some normalcy because this has Mm -hmm. been a bad week or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I can go to a restaurant and be normal and, you know, maybe, you know, wear my mask, not skirt the rules necessarily, but like kind of take a little bit of that risk to, ha- to have some normalcy, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. put it on Twitter or Instagram and whatever and just flaunt it everywhere. Like, yeah. you know, and on top of that, flaunt it while I'm breaking, you know, protocols and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, disrespectful to, to, to the rest yeah. of the players in the league. Yeah. And, and then to show up and, and, and just expect everybody to bow to you, you know, when you get mm-hmm. here. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. Not so I, lo- I love McMahon. I'm sorry, I, I got us on a tangent, but I, I dug McMahon basically asking him, hey, what, how are you, how was this training, right? Like, how are you training for uh, the season when you're off in Atlanta and Vegas and partying and all this stuff? Oh, well, you know, I'm with my trainers. Well, but how is that helping your team? Well, I'm, I'm getting ready. So I, I hope, honestly, I hope it continues. He's, his, uh, his year should be difficult, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's petty, and, and, and maybe I'll get over it in, in a couple of weeks. But I, I'm kind of here for the media calling him on this bull crap. So um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, and we'll see where he's playing. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of times where, I mean, the season starts in, in less than a week, and, and I, I – I feel like the sentiment over the last week or two, Tobin, I don't know if you're in the same boat as me. I feel like the sentiment has swung to, yeah, he's going to be on the Rockets at least till the, the trade deadline yeah. or whatever. Um, but I also, it just, I, I think it's swung so far in that direction that now I'm kind of expecting he's going to get traded the day before the season starts or something. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see how, how it plays out. Um, I don't want to talk about Kyrie for, for more than like two minutes. I, I'm I'm so beaten by by everything with that comes with Kyrie. It it and more than anything, man, I, I'm sure he'll give us reason to talk about him at some point yeah. in the future. But here's the one thing: I, I, at the I, very I, least, I will say it was it was remark. I'm not media defender guy, but it is remarkably offensive to talk about the media the way he did in his stupid statement and to call them pawns. And I greatly appreciated that Kevin Love. And others, but Kevin Love very pointedly said that that was that was trash and that should not should not do that. Um, I I'm I'm done. I'm done with with the Kyrie. I'm done with pretending that Kyrie is somehow galaxy brain guy and mm-hmm. not just uh, a really talented basketball player who says very very stupid things on a routine basis and probably has some sort of chemical imbalance. Yeah, the one thing I will say is there is some truth to what he is saying about the media. There's no doubt. Like, there are things that probably get misconstrued that he says, but he also says a lot of dumb things, too, and yeah. they're going to yeah. report it. Calling them pawns cross the line. Like, you can gripe yeah. about them. You can skip the sessions. Like, I don't care. Like, I think that him not showing up for media sessions because they they want him to, them getting mad about that is seems stupid to me. Like I like I and I'm not in the situation, so I don't know. But like a media member getting mad because a player doesn't show up shouldn't be a thing, in my opinion. You know, like just okay, like be mad about it, but like he has the right to not show up and get fined for that. The calling them pawns cross the line, and again to that point, just show up and do the Marshawn Lynch. Don't say anything. Just show up. Just show up and then make it annoying for them. You know, like if you if you really want to stick it to them, make it annoying for them. Don't give them anything. But but calling them pawns was too was too far. And that's all I have to say about it. Basically, I just think treat people. I don't know. I I 
you've been in, with me at a restaurant plenty of times, and I'm the same when I go to ca- like I, I I try really hard to go out of my way to be to be kind to people who are sounds weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this correctly. I there is a relationship. There is a mutually beneficial relationship between the media and NBA players or athletes, whatever, that I understand it can be contentious at times because their job at times may, their job may be to say negative things about you. Um, So I, I, like, I understand that that can be contentious, but they have a job to do. And moreover, that job serves you like that job. (laughs) That job helps you get the ridiculously huge contract that you have and the Nike deal and the the Uncle Drew movies and all this sort of mm-hmm. s- sort of thing. And, and and I I don't understand just not being baseline level kind to those yeah. people, you know? It, it's just to me it's a character flaw and and I'll say that about anybody that that's that is in that boat. I just it, not the same as like, hey, I had a bad moment and I snapped. I I I griped at a, a a reporter or whatever, and I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But like to just perpetually do the stuff that that Kyrie does. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just, mm-hmm. and I fully admit that part of it is I cannot handle the number of, of people who will stand for his insanity. Um, as well, if he that is. number is dwindling now too, though. Just Good. like just like Harden's, I think his is dwindling yeah. as well. Good. Good. I, I just I don't know. We we ought to be able to say he's a great basketball player, and I really enjoy watching him play, and not have to be like, well, and also, and compare him to Martin Luther King Jr. and mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. I just I don't know. It's it's it very much it very frustrating. Barry Bonds is a great example. Barry Bonds is somebody I love. Barry Bonds, the, ba- the baseball player. Barry Bonds could have made his li- his own life so much easier and I think would be in the Baseball Hall of Fame right now mm-hmm. if he just would have treated the media with a little more kindness and 100% played the game and had a relationship with those people. And there are I think there are legitimate reasons for why Barry was cagey with the media or downright just mean to the media and rude to the media. I think there's some some legitimate reasons for that. Um, that I wish he would have just overcome. I don't know that there's necessarily legitimate reasons for for Kyrie, but it is what it is. He's making his own life harder. And and anyway, he'll he'll give us plenty. <laughs> at least of time at to, least to Bonds had him. the roid rage excuse. So <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Prove it in a court of law, sir. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go get my Barry Bonds jersey out of out of uh, out of my storage and and uh, and wear it for the next episode, so you can stare at it. Best baseball player I've ever seen. Um. Tyler Hero, Tovin. It's <laughs> a good transition. <laughs> I I will fully this is about me. I will fully admit that this is this is as much about me as 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 anything else. I do not like um I I have a contrarian streak in me that when when things I think I've gotten better about this over the years as I've gotten older cuz I'm getting old and washed and so you know, you start to like things that are that are super popular when you get older in some ways because it's just like it's I don't know you're you're less I have less time to seek out new music you know mm-hmm. so I'm just like yeah Springsteen this is great that's fine um, <laughs> but I do have this contrarian streak that says if everyone is saying this thing then it must be wrong <laughs> um, the Tyler Hero train is getting out of control and I very much so. I, this may be an old man, a grumpy old man segment. We need a we need a grumpy old man uh, bumper <coughs> music or something. But I think I'm on a different plane of this than you are, though. <laughs> okay. You- so I love Tyler Hero. I was I was not sold. This is this is a hundred percent true, and Richard can attest to this. I can't remember if you were involved in this conversation or not. I know our buddy Richard's going to be on next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. But um, I had Tyler Hero somewhere in the, like the fourteen to twenty range on my draft board last year 2019 draft and the second i saw him at the draft i was like oh top five immediate top five like that suit 
and the swag with which he walked to the stage to uh, to shake Adam Silver's hand and get his hat and all this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a freaking legend. This guy's a legend already. I can't wait to see who he is uh, in the NBA. So all I say all that to say, I'm very high on Tyler Hero. And somehow I am, <laughs> I feel like I'm, Lower on him than ninety percent of the basketball watching population. The, the, we're we're getting this is getting out of this is getting out of hand. We we are we are taking the Tyler Hero bubble experience too far, in my opinion. Where 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 do you stand on, on Tyler Hero? This all stems from the supposed rumor that the Heat have declined or refused to include um, Tyler Hero in James Harden conversations. Um, and I think that is insane, and I hate James Harden. But if you want James Harden, and the Rockets are saying, well, you got to include Tyler Hero in this deal, that is an absolute no-brainer. But mm-hmm. apparently the bulk of NBA Twitter kind of agrees with the Heat. Oh, it's not Harden. just NBA think? Twitter, man. Did you see what Rich Eisen said today? Rich no. Eisen said that he wouldn't give up Harden for Hero, and he would even give up Giannis for Hero. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, there's a video of him That's the dumbest say- thing ever said. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's kind of where... Oh so, like, that's gosh. the thing. I think we both were pretty high on Hero when he, when he came into the draft, and we thought he landed in a perfect spot, and he had a really yeah. good year last year. And But now, it's like his, his value is so dang high because... Because of his bubble, and now I'm like, okay, Pat Riley's not an idiot, so I'm like, dude, now is the time. Go get James Harden. Yeah. Like if like if you offered them Tyler Hero and nothing else for James Harden, they might take it. You know, like and so like go get him. You know, and so I I so you we we talked about this beforehand. You have a run sheet. You asked the question, where does he land? Is he a one-time all-star, is he a two-time all-star, a high-quality rotation player, whatever? I think he is a perennial all-star on the heat. But I think if he... Really? Okay. I do not. Well, okay. But go ahead. Define Make perennial. It. Perennial means to me more than two times. And I and I think that he's going to play for 15 years. So, yeah, I think he's going to make an all-star more than two times. I do. But if he goes to the heat and he's the guy, he will be pedestrian. In my opinion, like I think the reason why Tyler Hero works so well where he's at right now is because he is flanked by Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and he's playing for a coach that is really good at game planning and spacing. And if he goes to a different team where he is the guy, he's not going to be the same swag king that he is right now because he's. I mean, he like shoot, he only he he only averaged what. 13 points a game this year yeah on 28 minutes a game like that's not like 28 minutes for a guy like i mean james harden with 28 minutes will give you 40 points so like and i'm not saying he needs to be like he doesn't need to go drop 28 30 points a game but the dude is not as good as people are making him sound right now and he is not the future of this like he is not going to be right up there with luca and zion in five years and that's how people are. No. That's how people are treating him right now. So, but I, if you want to ask me, is he going to be a premium all star? <laughs> if if the definition is more than two times, then yes, I will agree. He is going to make. I think he will make the all star game more than two times. But he is not Luca, Giannis, Zion quality, which people are acting like right now. I, to me, when when the when the bit came out of like they're not willing to include Tyler Hero. I took that as they don't want James Harden. Sure, they, 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 that they don't they don't want the as great of an offensive Which player as James Harden is. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I mean, it's I think James Harden. I think James Harden and Pat Riley might actually come to blows. Like they, that, he is the antithesis of Heat culture, and Pat Riley is not <clears throat> messing around with with Heat culture, man, and and. So, and I know that heat culture is super over, overstated and cliche at this point, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's true. I mean, the, the, think about like James Johnson got traded from the heat basically because he showed up to, to camp six pounds overweight. <laughs> like how overweight is Harden right now? I mean, like there's no world in which 
Harden and Riley get along. Now, maybe Riley says, I'm willing to set that aside for this guy because I believe he will win a title for us. But if it really truly is, we are not willing to trade Tyler Hero uh, in a James Harden trade, then again, that means that they do not want James Harden. So um, now maybe maybe I'm wrong and it's that they're trying to set the market for Tyler Hero because I'm 100% with you. If the... If the value on Tyler Hero is the value of somebody who will will persistently be in the all-star conversation for the next 10-plus years, then trade him so fast because that is never going to happen. I, I He averaged 16 points in the bubble. Like, in the playoffs, he averaged 16 points. So, I mean, I know he's a rookie. He's going to improve. Obviously, he's going to improve. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not stupid, but, like... I we need to set terms. We need to figure something out and how how to make this bet work. But I'm way closer to saying he'll never make an All Star team <laughs> than I am that he will continually be in the All Star conversation. I like there are lots of guys who have made one All Star game, so it's really hard for me to to say that. But like, he's not somebody, in my opinion, who's ever going to average 22 points a game. I, sure. I just I would agree with that. And if you're if you're not averaging 22 points a game, and you're also not the lead ball handler on a team, which he's never going to be, and you're not locking dudes down defensively, which he's not going to do. I mean, he's a he's an okay defender. I think he showed flashes of being a decent defender last year. I just I don't know, man. I I I'm in the. I think he's. Man, we got we got to figure out terms or something. Well, okay, so like a bet or whatever. But I, there's no world to me in which he's a two time all star. Let's I, I yeah, and I I maybe will disagree with that, but not to the point where I think he's going to be, you know, a seven time all star, whatever. But sure. let's before we move on though, if we're talking about James Harden and the fact that they won't trade him for James Harden, there might be, and you can tell me if you disagree or, or agree with this, there might be, I don't know five people in the league total that are like, if you take out salary caps, rosters, everything. And if you said we will give you James Harden for X player straight up, there might be five players in the league that you don't do that because. Okay, sure. If you believe in James, if you, if believe you believe that, that James Harden is going to be sure. the same James no, Harden. I totally agree with you. Like, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. With like you. I just, that's the thing is like in, in spoiler alert, Tyler hero is nowhere near the top yeah, of that list. No, you know because like it's just that's the whole thing is i i was with you i was like maybe that just says the heat don't want to deal with it but more and more people are coming out like oh it's because tyler hero is the next you know it's gonna be luca zion and tyler like no <laughs> oh my no. gosh yeah like i would put ja morant way above tyler hero in that category no question and so no question yeah i just uh, yeah, so I mean, let's move on. I just, but I, I mean, like I said, <laughs> I, I do think that he will be more like if if I if I had to put money on it, I would bet that he's going to make the All Star game more than twice. So I guess by your definition, that's a perennial All Star. But I also wouldn't be you know in disbelief if he only made it once. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. Like, yeah, I, I I'm I'm way on the on the once or or nunt yeah. side of things. I just, I mean. Maybe I should phrase it this way. Is Tyler Hero ever making All-NBA third team? Oh, no. 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 So, I mean... All-Star team is different. This, this episode is going to look real stupid when he comes out and, and averages 28 points a game in the first two weeks. But I just... I don't see that as a in the realm of possibility. And I love Tyler yeah, Hero. Yeah, I do too. I just, my goodness. The the level of, of love has, has, has gotten out of hand. Um... All right, dude. Let's uh, let's let's kind of hit a maybe in a slightly extended last two minute report. We're gonna try to bring that back now that the season is actually here. Uh, so a few news notes, etc., from around the league. Paul George has signed signed a max extension with the Clippers. I believe it's it's around the same as. Did he get the super max? I didn't think he was eligible for the super max. I don't know if it's a super it, max, it but it was a five year. Same, like deal. I guess he has more. Ye- I'm sorry, he has more years than Giannis. Yeah. So he his his max is higher. So I apologize. Uh, it's around that same number. It's five years, two hundred twenty ish million dollars. How do you feel about that? I think it's great for. Not great. That's the wrong word. I think it's the Clippers needed to do this 
I think it's Paul George is, is smart to do it. And I think the Clippers needed to do this to dispel the notion that their team is going to fall apart at the end of the season. If things don't go well. Now I think they hitched to the wrong max player, but I think, I don't think Kawhi would have done this with them either though. But that, that was the talk, you know, when they signed the deals was okay, well, if you don't win quick, then they're both going to leave. So at least that stops that talk. But Mm-hmm. I also don't, I think three years, maybe not even three, maybe two years from now, you're going to be like, holy crap, why did we do this? You know? And so sure. I, cause I mean, Paul George is good, but, and he's, and he's a max player. It's not, they're not doubting he's a max player. It's just, I think this is going to handicap how they, how they make their team, especially if Kawhi leaves after this year. So. Yeah. To me, it was like, this is the kind of move that you have to make. And also it can really, it can really screw things It's Pascal Siakam again is what it is. Interest okay, at least Siakam. We don't know exactly what sure, he is yet. Sure, so but but I, I do I, I agree with the sentiment. I just think there's a lot of guys that like because this is the structure, this is the way the league works and the way the contracts work and stuff. You have to do that deal because you can't risk. If you're the Clippers, you cannot risk Kawhi leaves after this season or or the next season, and then Paul George follows suit because. We you traded so much for Paul mm-hmm. George and Paul George on his own for all the crap that we give him and especially in the playoffs it's it's super deserved but uh, Paul George on his own is the best player on a team that's a team that can mm-hmm. compete can be really competitive for playoff spot every year even in the West so um, it's the kind of thing you have to do but you definitely run the risk in two years you're looking at man Kawhi's gone we're perpetually a 43 win team and we're locked into Paul George for $40 million yeah. and nobody wants that. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, it's kind of the cost of doing business in a way. Yep. You, Agreed. You know, once you make that trade, you better commit to, to keeping them as long as they want to stay yeah. essentially. So, um, what do you think about Steph Curry's braids? They're really off putting. Like, <laughs> I don't like it at all. It's very, like, very disconcerting. I don't, I don't yeah. want to sound disrespectful, you know, or even like borderline like racist, but like it's just it's just weird. Like it's like whenever Tiger Woods takes off his hat and you realize he's bald, you're like, whoa! Like you know, like it kind of <laughs> kind of catch you off guard. It's like it's not like I think he doesn't shouldn't have him. It's just it's really it's really different. Like because I mean I just you know Steph Curry is always that young faced baby faced killer that's gonna yeah. isn't yeah. that one of his nicknames baby faced sniper or something like that. Like I mean it's just I think so. like it's it's just weird. It's it looks weird. It'll take some getting used to, but you know. Like, I guess quarantine really quarantine has brought a lot of weird hairdos. So that's, you know, it's just part of the par for the course, I guess. That's true. That's true. To me, he looks like Ron Swanson when he got back. With <laughs> oh my God. So I was, I just, it really stressed me out. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Didn't, I didn't, didn't love it. Um, there are, we've, I think we've seen them all. There were leaks of the, we did a whole daggum Jersey episode last week. We're not going to do the same thing again, but the earned, Editions are out, Tobin, or at least the leaks of the, the mm-hmm. prototypes of them are. I will say, because they are leaks, because of all this reserve, we have not seen the actual jersey. We have just seen the you know the computer rendering of said jersey. So sometimes that does change things. Um, but you are Jersey man, mm-hmm. so I'm going to give you a minute here. What's uh, good, bad of the earned? Let edition. me let me first say I love this idea i know a lot of people are like this is the most nike thing ever but i'm like yeah but you know what (laughs) like i like the idea that a team can have an extra uniform because they were successful the year before i think that's pretty cool like i mean like like and i think i read somewhere that they try to keep them close to like they try to keep them close to their current uniforms so that they have like you know i don't know that there's i think they said something to the effect of they want them to feel like they're a, a special extra onto their current set. So they're not supposed to be like the city where they're just out there. They're supposed to look like an actual part of their set uniforms. Um, they, they're okay. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of good ones. Like the, the, the city editions were like all bad. And then like a couple of really good home runs. <laughs> and these are all like, eh, you know, okay, fine, whatever. You know, I just, it is like, it's kind of like, they're there, you know, so that's that's cool. I think yeah. what you'll see, though, and I think this is going to happen with with some statement edition stuff, too. Um, instead of having a team rebrand anymore, I think what you'll start seeing is like like I'll use the master example because it's, this could be very easily done for them. Like I could see their icon or their road uniform 
like switching from like their, their statement becoming their road uniform and like their mm-hmm. earned edition mm-hmm. becoming like a statement edition next year or something like that because they are so similar to what they currently wear. And yeah. um, there's a couple of there's a couple of uh, other cool additions. I, there is a you know speaking of jerseys, I th- before we got on tonight, you you I know you saw it. The the Suns have a leaked jersey where it's like a a mashup basically is the best way to call it of all their yeah i don't want to use a second parks and recreation reference in in two minutes but that is a camel that's yeah of, but the know, idea apparently is that it's the 70 is it this is the 75th year of the nba so they're like i think that was their way of honoring the 75th year but i'm like no 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 no, no. just no. do I love do, the rising sun on that man man it looks so that looks right, so and good there might be the some point. that turn out great but you would be better off like doing a classic jersey set, kind of like the NFL did yeah, a few years I agree, ago. Agree, because yeah. I just think, Except man, the Steelers don't do that. Oh, whatever, but at least that was different, you know. Like <laughs> this whole idea of having, a, like you said, a camel is. I'm I'm terrified of this now. Like if this is actually a thing, or because yeah. I'm I'm really hoping that that leak was just some idiot decided to design a jersey and then you know and faked it basically but yeah anyway earned edition great whatever like they're some of them are fine some of them are okay like they're not any awful awful ones i guess so at least they did better than the city editions so (laughs) there's a lot that just were like real this is like who cares like this is and i'm i love jerseys but i don't know there was I'm getting I'm getting grumpy old man with it. I wish I wish for the earned edition exact same. Yeah, I wish for the earned edition. If you're gonna do something like this, make it to where like when you wear it, it's like a giant like middle finger to the team you're playing or something. (laughs) Like like you know like if you're the Mavs and you knocked the Suns out from playing the playoffs, then the Mavs could wear this this. Okay, I kind of like that. Like wear this jersey that's like got gold trim or something that's that that right. literally is only worn by people who are in the playoffs and you can be like hey son sorry you don't got this you know like i mean that's stupid but you know at least it's like something and it's not just an extra alternative form because like this is mm-hmm. this is basically no different like when the when lebron was on the Cavs and we started getting like you know there were like 17 Cavs alternates because they knew they could sell them like crazy you know this is yeah. essentially the same thing of that i think it's just you know like I said, mm-hmm. there's some good ones, but I don't know. Did you see any that Toronto's was great? Did you see Toronto's? I dug. Did a you lot. see any that you were like, "That's the worst thing I've ever seen"? I didn't. I didn't see any. I don't think. I I was busy. I was working on stuff when you sent the thread. I just kind of browsed through, and most of them were just like, "This is a C plus." But like, hey, man, all of these are C+. they got another Pacers pinstripes. So. I do love the pinstripes. That one's that one's a positive. I like the Philly one until Kent pointed out like the and maybe this is just that it's the rendering. We'll see what it actually looks like. But the Liberty Bell looks like clip art. <laughs> like it looks like it got designed uh, it, in 1997 when you were in computer class. To me, in, it looks like a felt, like a like a felt thing. Like they just <laughs> they sewed felt to a uniform. So okay, oh, yeah, the Raptors is good. I, I, people are dogging the heat because of the color, but I love it. I think the heat one looks great. Um, was it yellow? That's gross. I don't care, man. It's going to look good on the court, whatever. Um, the, you know, they, but they're all pretty safe. I think is the best way to put it probably. Sure. Yeah. That's a good way. So good way to put it. Last but not least, our beloved sort of team mascot, JJ Berea was let go by the Dallas Mavericks. That brings at least at the moment brings his Dallas Mavericks career to an end, um, and sends him off to find a job somewhere else. JJ, I love JJ so much. No, nobody doesn't like JJ. There's nobody except LeBron James who's like, screw JJ Berea. I hate that guy. Um, 637 games with the Mavs, plus playoff games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he was vital to that championship win in 2001, like, or 2011, excuse me, inserting him into the starting lineup for whatever reason, like super jacked with the heat and, Got in LeBron's head. It's really kind of crazy to think about. Um, and we just, we love that guy. Lo- love the, there's, I'm not sure there is that. We, we talked at the outset about Glenn, Glenn Robinson and Tim Thomas, those guys, the, the kind of guys that did not get the most out of their potential that they had. I think J.J. Barea is the, the exact antithesis of that, somebody who mm-hmm. squeezed out more, ta- more out of his talent base than, than maybe anybody in, in, in recent memory 
and did it all at about five foot six. So I love JJ. I'm super sad that this has ended the way that it has. I, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, in case you don't, Dallas gave him a a guaranteed contract for this season, knowing that that they had 16 players on on the roster and would likely have to cut him. But it was just a a nice way to to send him out with with a cool two and a half million dollars for his troubles. Basically, I wish that he would have accepted the 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 chance just to move to retire and move to the the bench as, as mm-hmm. a coaching staff member. But I don't I think I don't think that's am, out the window yet, though. I don't think so either. But but I was gonna say I I also am am, am thirty seven years old and I'm still doing everything I can to try to play basketball. So I fully understand, obviously at the lowest level possible. Um, I understand that he's not ready to stop, and I, and he, and that he definitely feels like I, I think it's very it's it's clear that he feels like the end of his career was taken from him because he tore his Achilles mm-hmm. at the be- in the middle of, of the 18-19 season. And then last year wasn't able to, to play as much as, mm-hmm. as he wanted to. So I, I think there's some I want to go out on my terms kind of mentality to it, which I obviously greatly respect. But I, I hate that he's going to go potentially play for some other random team. He is going to be one of those players that will, if you did not watch Dallas or root for Dallas or know anything about Dallas, he will never show up on the radar of somebody that you should know anything about. Um, but I think that he was like, when I look back on it, he's one of those guys that I wish we could like retire his Jersey just because, uh-huh. yeah. just because he meant so much to what we did in 2011 and beyond and even before that too um so you know i I don't i mean i don't have a whole lot to say other than just like i i I will never not love seeing him on the basketball court and i will always appreciate what he did for the mavericks and like even just like little things like last year whenever he was on the bench and the in the crowd was calling for him to come to the game and you know like that amazing video of him messing with the crowd and then you know luca Mm -hmm. losing Mm -hmm. his mind like that's the kind of stuff that we love seeing from him on a regular basis and uh he's a i think he will be a great coach wherever he is i'm hoping it's here um i think that he's he's a great locker room influence wherever he is um and there's a lot of things that you don't see in a stat sheet or you don't see on a, on a news yeah. news report that are vital for a championship team he brought to us and and it, and mm-hmm. did it in the stat sheet too on the in the finals as well yeah. so yeah just yeah he's he's kind of a throwback to a, a an old era bygone era of not just basketball but like sports in general but just to keep it to basketball i mean that's because of player movement and the salary cap and the, the explosion of salaries in, in general and whatnot. You just just don't have a lot of fan favorite guys. These guys mm-hmm. that, that stick around for, for ages and ages that aren't the best player on the team or, or the top two or three players on the team. It's just a those guys end up being salary cap casualties quickly and you know they're replaced by younger players and all this sort of stuff and it just i don't know when we were young uh centuries ago it, it feels like uh you know there were i mean i many times i've said i grew up on on the mavs i fell in love with the mavs when they were winning 11 games in a season i mean they were just garbage mm-hmm. and yet you know who i really who's probably one of my five favorite players from from that decade of basketball is eric strickland who almost nobody who's listening to this podcast has ever even heard of probably unless you were around when we were around, you know, when we were, when I was 13 and Eric Strickland is just like this little basketball player who's out there hustling and doing fun stuff for five or six years with the Mavs and the year in an, in an era when they were winning 20 games a year, you know, I love that kind of player. And I, um, there's just not a lot of those, those kind of guys left. So yeah, I wish that the NBA would have given like some sort of, um, I don't know, like a, like a, a clause or whatever to allow for the Heat to retain Haslam and the Mavs to retain Berea and and just say it doesn't count against the roster or something, just some yeah. sort of legacy <clears throat> addendum to the roster plan. And a real big shout out to the stuff that he does for Puerto Rico and oh my god, just the, just yeah. the fact that he's one of he's probably the I think he's probably the best Puerto Rican 
NBA player in history. Maybe maybe behind Carlos Arroyo if you want to play a numbers game, but no, he's definitely the best. No, question. I I no think question. so too. But I'm trying not to be Homer, I guess. But but no, I mean, like no, this. I don't even on think top of the fact that yeah. he's done so many great things for the country of Puerto Rico as well. So sure. great dude. For if sure. you don't know anything about him, you need to go check him out. Like go read up on him. Like he does a lot of things outside of the court that are even better. So yeah, it's gonna gonna miss having him around. But I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be gone very long. I think he'll be back soon. I hope not. I hope we'll be back on the coaching staff at some point. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, We greatly appreciate your time. If you like what you heard, that's so awesome. Tell a friend. Bring your basketball buddies around. It helps us a lot to carve out a a little little space in this very cramped podcast market. Uh, And leave us a five-star rating, five-star review on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And in that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. We'll be back next week with a very special episode picking over-unders for all 30 teams with our good friend Richard Barden from Mad About Movies. Until then, stay hard, Roddy Rogers.